Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hi, welcome to the Tube to Table podcast. This is um, Heidi joining you again this week, and I am joined today by my colleague, Jamie, who works with me at Thrive by Spectrum. Hi, Jamie. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I know you're getting ready to travel to see a kiddo soon. Are you gearing up for that? Yeah. uh, Next week, I'm going to Virginia. So we'll start uh, a wean down there. And you're just finishing up with a kiddo, right? Or middle of? I'm in the middle. Yeah, we're in the middle. She's doing some good things and it's a hard spot too. So this is actually a great day for me to jump on the topic that we're talking about today. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I wanted to mention that this is Feeding Tube Awareness Week, mm-hmm. which is designed to um, help people become aware of the life-saving intervention that feeding tubes provide. And I know for most of the families out there with feeding tubes, there was a time when the feeding tube was a really important life-saving device that really mm-hmm. provided some much-needed nutrition for kids and some peace of mind for families. So we don't want to forget that in this week, but I think most of the families out there are ready to be done and ready to move on to some next steps. Absolutely. Uh, but we were thinking today's topic, which is why do we worry about worrying, <laughs> might actually be helpful for both sides. Definitely. Uh, most moms and families and care providers, therapists, everybody would do just about anything for their kids. Mm-hmm. And one of those things means anticipating future problems and trying to avoid bumps in the road and and that's all very helpful. But at the same time, it leads to a lot of worrying. And sometimes families, and we do too, we're people. So we do that in lots of arenas of life, is worry and worry Mm -hmm. and worry about problems coming in the future. And it seems like it's helpful. It seems like it's good parenting. But what we've seen is there's a sneaky little downside that comes with worrying that's really subtle and can change a lot of things in mealtimes and feedings and particularly in the weaning process. So Jamie and I thought it would be helpful to talk a little bit about what do we do? What does it look like? What do we do when we encounter mm-hmm. it? What's the plan to jump off that cycle? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is really such an important topic, especially no matter where kids are in their journey. So like you said, for kids who are still on the feeding tube and are not ready to wean yet, families are still going to, going to experience this. For families who are mid-wean, just starting their wean follow-up, I feel like this is a topic that we talk about with families all the time. So I'm really excited to talk about it and to have people hear about it and learn some new steps. I think one of the first things that we talk about a lot with families when, you know, it, like you said, it is super normal for worrying to happen. It's going to happen. If would be rare, if a child, if a parent, we would be worried if a parent wasn't worried about the weaning process or their child. And so it's very normal. And I think all of us Everyone who's listening can probably think of a time in their life multiple times where, you know, worrying started to happen, whether it was valid or, you know, anxious thoughts were were causing it. And so what we've started to do that I think is really helpful is really kind of walk parents through these steps to identify the problem. And one of the first 
steps there is really asking yourself if there is a problem. So oftentimes, because there's so much going on, especially during the wean or in follow-up, there can be so many unknowns that it's really easy to kind of have all those anxious thoughts become Mm -hmm. this problem. But really, when you take a step back and ask yourself, or when we coach parents through, is this an actual problem? And then identifying either yes or no by going through, you know, the parameters we use, how the ch- what the child's showing us, what the child's doing, really using all those concrete facts mm-hmm. that we know and what they're showing us clearly. And then if it is a problem, really looking at, is this a problem that needs to be solved today? Or is this a problem that we're worrying about in two months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or years. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we'll have a 12-month-old baby and parents are like, well, sh- when she goes to school, mm-hmm. well, that's four years from yeah. now. So, <laughs> you know, it's not one we need to worry about today is let's set that one aside yeah. for now. And I think you made a really good point about, is it really a problem? Because many people on the tube feeding journey encountered bumps in the road where they brought things up and they felt like it was missed Yes, or absolutely. they missed it. Or there were signs that something should have been done and it's much easier to see that on the back end, but that creates the pattern of, I have to catch them all before they happen. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Jamie, one of the biggest tools in combating that is facts. Yeah. Pulling back and talking about it. And it's hard to do. I mean, even in, like I was saying before, outside of the weaning world and all of our personal lives, it's, it's really hard to kind of like, rein your mind back in and really sit down and look at, are there actual issues here? And that's why I think it's, it's really awesome that we've been able to kind of talk through this with families and have those open conversations. Because like you said, a lot of these families have expressed that fear and been shut down or, you know, doctors have made too many fears in their mind. So it could be opposites, but Mm -hmm. it's really important to really, yeah, look at those facts and look at, everything we look at during a wean. And so all of those, well, what you guys, you and Jennifer have talked about multiple times on the podcast of the parameters we look at, what is the child showing us, the cues, everything that we've seen and really helping them take a step back because also when they're in it, yeah, a lot of families we've worked with have just been through so much and Mm -hmm. it's a scary time. And so to worry to have those fears, like you said, with the school, or they'll say like, are they ever going to eat this? Or are they, are they (laughs) ever going to drink milk? Or are they ever going to do this? And that's a normal question. I always say like, I totally get why you're asking me that, but let's focus on right now Mm -hmm. and everything else. And so really looking at like, is this a problem now? Or is this something that is in Mm -hmm. the future? And then I think also going one step further and looking at is this something that we can even do anything about? So is this a problem that we just need to support the child and let them grow and let them continue? Or is this a problem where we need to contact the medical Mm -hmm. team or something like that? Yeah. Sometimes there are things that are there. We just need to learn to manage them Mm -hmm. a little bit and just be aware of them. Mm -hmm. And worrying isn't going to change some of those things either. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I don't know about you, Jamie, but I feel like a lot of, there, uh, a lot of the thought patterns people fall into follow a couple of different categories. Definitely, One of the biggest ones that I think comes up a lot is it's really easy to, especially when you're in this intense 
period of time is focusing only on the negative and really diminishing the positive. Yeah. This, I feel like this comes up all the time of, you know, they just say a whole serving of ice cream, which is the most they've ever eaten. Mm-hmm. And then just saying, but they didn't touch the green bean. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, it's, and it's, that's important, you know, as a parent, you're worried about nutrition and, but it's also really overlooking the biggest thing your child has ever done. It's overlooking the opportunity to everybody relax and say, look, this, he's headed in the right direction. That's awesome. Yeah. And, it, and. Yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. And it, it's also just, I think when you take a step back and take it outside of the feeding world too, like you think about when a child's learning to walk, like if they took one step and then fell, parents are rarely like, oh no, they can't do it. Like they're, that was nothing. <laughs> you know, they're, they're usually always like, oh my gosh, did you see that? He took his first step. And so and video. Yeah, exactly. Call the grandparents. Exactly. And we always say that feeding is, that's the similar development, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, we see that so much and it really is a, it's our job to really help them identify that and really looking at, yeah, he might've only eaten ice cream for this entire day, but he's never eaten anything in his life. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the other patterns is uh, all or nothing thinking Mm -hmm. or maybe overgeneralizing things you know, he, he never eats anything. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, he actually ate seven bites today, which is more than he's ever eaten. That's not never. Mm-hmm. Or we hear this a lot when kids are sick. He doesn't eat anything. He's eaten nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we start pulling. He actually ate several little tiny meals, which yeah. isn't the same thing as nothing. I know, mm-hmm. Jamie, you've heard that a lot as well. Yeah. Especially with this cold and flu season going on, you know, it's really easy to fall into that. And I, it's coming from a place that makes sense. We all know that, you know, it's coming from, like you said earlier, a loving place. It's coming from a fear of possibly, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these kids, the last time they got really sick, they either got, they might've gotten the feeding tube or the last time they were, Mm -hmm. had a cold, they couldn't fight through it. And so it's coming from a, from a real place, but at this point when we're working with the family, Mm -hmm. it's just so important to reframe that and really look at helping them talk through, like, like you just said, of really pulling out again, the facts and saying, okay, send me what he ate today. And wow, Mm -hmm. that's way more than I was expecting. Or he's still drinking all of his milk and just not eating his foods. And that's what kids do when they're sick. So I think it's just really important too, but that's a definitely a really common one. Well, and it's the reason it's important is it's not just your it's not just in your head mm-hmm. is the problem is that when you do that then you start either pushing more or pressuring more or increase what goes by tube yeah or it shows on your face and most kids that are this sensitive around meal times can read that from across the room even if they're not verbal they know your feelings they're very in tune to your feelings absolutely so if you allow yourself to get caught in that all or nothing trap or that um feeling that oh he hates meal times always mm-hmm. and that shows on your face it is going to affect the meal time and it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. in some cases and so it's worth your time to kind of rein that one in a little bit yeah um i think another thing that we see a lot is the worst case scenario. Yes. When <laughs> something bad happens, <laughs> jump to the worst case scenario. Yeah. And again, I think it just stems back from when 
things were going really bad or when they were in the hospital or when they were in the NICU, all of these, whatever their history is, like there's a reason why they're doing it, but they're older now. They're in a different spot now. They're not that child anymore. And so, right. Yeah. It's definitely when like, for example, one might be, Oh, he didn't eat his breakfast. Today's going to be a, he's not going to eat all day. Today's going to be horrible. He's going to be a, like tired. He's not going to eat. And it's just spiraling. And if you're at, if you're, you're already putting yourself in that mindset, then it's not going to be a great day. And like, Mm -hmm. for those reasons you just said, there's going to be more pressure because they're nervous that he didn't eat breakfast. There's going to be more stress and they're going to pick up on that. And so it really is all so closely related, but yeah, that's a huge one. I think there's a lot of words that tap into that as well. Like the word lethargic. Yep. Or the word dehydration Mm -hmm. is what I might use and just say, you know, I feel a little dehydrated today. I think I need some water. When you're using it in this context, it takes on a whole medical connotation. Mm -hmm. Or lethargic, as it's used medically speaking, is really a lot more significant than most people would just say. Kids who want to lay around a little bit more and want to watch TV isn't quite the same thing as a medical definition of lethargic. But they they tend to run over each other a little bit Mm -hmm. in this world. And that worst case scenario thinking, those words lead right into, like, if they have medical problems, of course, we want you to call. Yeah. Um, But I think be careful about how we use some of those really big words and just say, he's, he's a little more tired today. He doesn't feel good. He's getting a tooth, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those kinds of things that being truthful with those things and not using worst case scenario words for situations that, uh, just for grading it appropriately, yeah. I think makes sense. And really bringing it back to the truth of what's going on yeah. in the situation. Because that's, you know, those words are serious at, for, you know, at many times. And I think part of what we do prior to the wean, during the wean, is really be very clear with these parents about the parameters. And I, over the last few years, I feel like we've started to do that more of really listing out for them what's normal what we might see, and then when to be concerned. And mm-hmm. I feel like since we've started that, it's really helped those conversations because there's no longer this going from being so energetic to lethargic. It's what you just said of, yeah, he's a little different. He's kind of napping longer, mm-hmm. but he's okay. And of course, like if there's a concern, we'll talk about it. But again, just really, yeah, using those words very quickly And I think just Mm -hmm. in general, it's easier to go negative in any part of life. You know, like it's just easier to to have those negative thoughts. It's easier to just like say these things rather than really trying to figure out, okay, you know what? He's not actually lethargic. He's a little different and he's responding to hunger. And then he ate ate his breakfast and he's better now. And so being able to notice that too. I I think one of those things that leads into that as well is, and sort of on the same topic of getting ahead of the game mm-hmm. of recognizing hunger and not doing anything about it doesn't mean they can't. Yes. So if, if they start to act differently, that's what we want, but you can't say, Oh, he didn't eat a whole entire meal today. And then you lay awake at night and order spoons on Amazon <laughs> and do all these things. Cause you think he's not moving along fast enough when really you're getting ahead of yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it goes back to your thoughts about the steps, but Remembering that just because they didn't eat a whole entire meal on the first day of a wean or the first time you tried cutting feeds at home or something like that, we just need to make sure that stay in today. 
yeah. and, and really focus on what's going on today. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. I think we always, thoughts. yeah, I think we always get that question of, is he ever going to eat, you know, crackers? <laughs> is he ever going to do this? Is he ever going to, re- and again, I get where it's coming from. Absolutely. And it's For a sure. valid question and we're there to support families and we're there to answer. I'm happy when they feel comfortable asking me these questions, but it's like, that's when we know as a therapist, that's when I know like, all right, we got to work on reframing this because you know, he's, let me ask you, do you ever think he's going to? And they're, they always are like, yeah, you know, like they know and right. it's, but they're trying, yeah, to, to get ahead of the, where the child is and mm-hmm. going back to stress and pressure that definitely leads to it when they're like, oh gosh, it's you know, day seven of the wean and he's maybe not where my mind thought he was going to be. Is he ever going to get there? We need to rush that. And then that leads to more pressure. And this is a process that goes on for months. Mm -hmm. This is not done at the end of 10 days. So I think we've gotten a lot better at teaching families some strategies. And we started talking about that a little bit Mm -hmm. just saying, is this really a problem? Is this a today problem? But Jamie, I like what you said to a family recently when you said, this is a good time for you to practice some of those those strategies practice taking control of your own mind mm-hmm. because if you if they have to practice all these eating things you have to practice reigning in your thoughts yeah and we're here to do this with you but you're going to be on your own eventually and you need to have this this down a little bit so that practice is actually a really great way to think about it cuz it's it's hard you're not going to get it all at once yeah it's not going to happen overnight and I think a lot, sometimes even to families, I've said, take one, take five minutes of your day to just like sit down and practice it. It doesn't, it's not going to happen. You're still going to have those negative thoughts. You're still going to have those worried or anxious thoughts. That's, that's human, mm-hmm. but being able to practice it is, is yeah. Cause I think a lot gets just put on to the child, especially in follow-up with, like you said, it's six months of follow-up with these families and a lot happens then, even if the child's right. eating, even if they're fully off their tube, wherever they are in their journey, this is consistent. I feel like across all families is mm-hmm. having them really work on getting away from the numbers or whatever their focus is on or getting away from what, how much they're eating at a mealtime and really practicing on that mindset because it really is, it's such an important piece and just being mindful of where they are and I think as parents feel, once they do it too, they're like, oh, that felt, that was great, you know, and they, they can figure it out. It's, it's really awesome to see. It is. And it really, sometimes I even in my own life have to say it out loud. Like that's not even true. Yeah. What you just thinking, that's not even true. All the time. In fact, I had a, I had a sign in my office for a while that said, don't believe everything you think. Oh, I love that. Because just it crosses your head. doesn't mean It's true. and doesn't mean it stays there. It's so true. but you do have to, your child is doing a lot. They're moving ahead a lot. They're carrying a pretty big burden. And one of your jobs is to control your thoughts for them so they don't have to worry about your worries mm-hmm. as well. And that's such a good, good practice. And that gets harder when things get hard. You know, like if a sure. child, they might be doing so great at it and then they're sick or they're teething and something happens and it's all of a sudden, it's like, which is normal for all of us, all of a sudden that that thinking that you knew so well just goes out the window. So I think that's a huge part of what I love about our follow-up working with families still is that it's way, they might be in month three, month, wherever they are is part of our job is to sit with them and not tell them what to do, but really say, okay, 
two weeks ago when he was doing great, you were awesome at this. Now things are hard and it's hard again. How can we kind of merge these yeah. two? Revisit, mm-hmm. bring those back in again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are all great strategies. I hope, I hope this has been helpful to you guys. I know that there's so many out there who've, who've walked this journey and maybe have uh, figured out some strategies that work for them. Um, and we'd love to hear some of that on social media. If you have yeah. some tips that have worked for you, if you are a therapist, you've seen some families who have done a really good job of that. We'd love to hear some of the strategies out there. Um, and always review and rate and share. We love hearing from you personally. That we is do. great. <laughs> it makes our day, but it helps other people find us. If you actually review us on the place, wherever you find your, uh, podcast. Yeah. So I hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the tube to table podcast. Every week we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum and on Twitter. You can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week.